uh, last fall we started uh, a study of the book of Philippians. And uh, we, uh, we had planned to end it about Thanksgiving, but it was just too good that we kept getting hung up on certain places and enjoying those. So uh, now I want to get back uh, to that and finish that study in Philippians. We did come to chapter 4, and today we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. So if you're following along in your Bible and making notes there, you can do it, or certainly it'll be up on the screen or on your uh, electronic device or whatever. Philippians chapter 4. All right, uh, wildfires. Uh, boy, you know, six weeks ago, uh, California was burning up. Uh, is it out yet? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard much about it now because now what are we talking about? Talking about Australia. Okay, got two pictures here. Uh, first, uh, this is from California, and I just can't imagine what it would be like, you know, to experience that, you know, for myself. Then uh, Australia, of course, that's on the news now. And uh, we're all very, very concerned about the wildlife, but uh, the people and uh, wildfires uh, devastating a lot of people uh, in our world today. But today I want to talk about a wildfire that's worldwide, a, a wildfire that every one of us deal with uh, at times in our life and you might be dealing with in a, in a powerful way today, and that's the wildfire of worry, the wildfire of worry. A few years ago, we were talking with friends, and, uh, and uh, we were talking about worry. And Jesus said, do not worry. And other places in Scripture says, do not worry. Well, we're talking about that. And uh, John said, I never worry. And I said, really? Yeah, no, I never worry. And we saw John a couple weeks later. And uh, Donna, she's uh, pretty honest. You know, she said, John, you look terrible. Uh, uh, she says that to me, too. But, uh, okay, but anyway, John, you look terrible. What's wrong? He said, well, you know, I got a lot of things on my mind, and, you know, I couldn't sleep last night, so I was thinking about those. He doesn't worry. He just stays up at night thinking about things, okay? <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Now, I think that if we're honest, we would say that's impossible. I mean, I've got problems at work, and I got problems at home, and I got uh, you know financial needs, and I got problems. I have in-laws. I got problems. Uh, I live in Sarasota. I got problems with traffic. You know, oh, my internet is so slow. It takes ten seconds for that to respond. Uh, oh, I got problems. You know, do you know there's a 30-minute wait at my restaurant, you know, because it's in season? I mean, we got problems, right? But we have serious problems too, don't we? Sure. And when God says to us, do not worry, okay, he's not telling us to deny problems. You know, he's not minimizing those. He's not saying, I don't care about your problems, don't worry. Okay, uh, he's not telling us to deny that. That would be irresponsible. We have challenges. We have issues that we've got to take care of. So, what do we do? Well, we have three choices. We can worry, which is probably what most of us do, okay? Or two, we can stick our head in the sand. Now, 
as I look out today, it's probably, I don't, I don't think I see very many people who literally do that, you know, go and go to siesta and put their head in the sand, okay? But we stick the head in our sand. We stick our head in the sand, okay? We stick it in TV or, you know, our computer or our phone or Facebook or whatever it might be. Those, those are ways, you know, to not think about what we don't want to think about. And we think we need to worry. Most of us think, well, wait a minute, I got to worry about this because something has to be done, okay? But in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at another passage that just so parallels this so perfectly, okay? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talked about worry. In fact, he talked a lot about worry. He gave us a lot more information. And the beautiful thing is he gave us four reasons that you don't need to worry. No, you don't need to worry. And Jesus said, gave us four reasons. Number one, he said that worry is unreasonable. In Matthew 6, verse 25, he said, Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you wear. Isn't your life more than food? Isn't your life more than what you're wearing, your clothes? And, and what's Jesus saying? He's saying, we are worrying about things that God has said he's going to provide for us. So worry really is not believing God's promises. It's being worried about things God says that he is going to provide for his children. So it's unreasonable. Second, it's unnatural. The next verse, Matthew 6, 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow. They do not reap. They don't store food away in barns. They do in trees, actually, the squirrels. Oh, well, those aren't birds. That's right. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to God than they are? How many of you have ever seen a bird worry? You know, you look up at a tree and a bird is up there. He's twiddling his thumbs. He's all, no. Have you ever seen a bird do that? You ever heard a bird, you know, instead of tweeting and, you know, singing so joy? Have you ever, heard, you know, heard them singing, you know, gloom, despair, agony on me, you know? Ever seen a bird worry? Here's the only things that God made that worry are humans. We're the only ones God created that don't trust him enough not to worry. Worry's unnatural. Third, worry's unhelpful. Most of us think, I need to worry. You know, because I got to take, no, worry doesn't help. Worry doesn't change anything. I'm not doing things about it, you know, settling on the right course. That does. Worrying does not. And that's what Jesus said. Matthew, the next verse, verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, does worry add a single hour to your life? No. In fact, it'll probably take some hours away from your life, some weeks, some years, by worry. How many of this morning, uh, how many of you this morning on your way driving here, you came through a roundabout? <laughs> Next time you go through a roundabout on the way home, I want you to think about that, about this. Worry is coming to a roundabout in your mind. 
Instead of going through it, you just stay on it. You just drive round, 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 round. That's what worry is. You don't get to your destination. You just go round and round and round. You're wasting your time and energy not getting where you need to go. Worry doesn't solve problems. It may make you sick with your problems, but it won't, it won't solve your problems. Dr. Swedberg said to me, Ron, ulcers and headaches are not caused by what you're eating. They're caused by what's eating you. Third, worries unnecessary. In verse 30, this is what Jesus said. If God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? And then he added, oh, you of little faith. Worry is actually little faith. It's not trusting God. If you trust God, you don't need to worry because God has promised to take care of your needs. Philippians 4, 19, we're going to look at that next week. God will meet all your needs. Now, how can he meet all our needs? According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Just try to get the universe, you know, in in your mind, okay, the riches, the vastness, the immensity of God's creation. And it's all in Christ Jesus. And what does all your needs mean? Does that mean some of all your needs? No, it means all of all your needs, your spiritual needs, certainly. But that means your financial needs. That means your, your relational needs, your family needs, your occupational needs, your emotional needs, your physical needs. God cares about every part of you. And he's going to meet those needs. So Jesus tells us, do not worry. Okay? Now, <laughs> just telling ourselves, don't worry, doesn't work. Amen. I knew I'd get an amen on that. Okay? Just telling yourself not to do that won't work. You know, that's like a vacuum. Okay, don't worry. Well, then you start worrying about not worrying, okay? All right. You, you have to replace it with something else. And now let's go back to Philippians 4, chapter 6. This is great. This, this tells us the things we've got to do in, instead of worry, okay? You can't, if you don't replace worry with something else, then you're going to keep worrying, okay? Four things we can do, we must do if we want to douse that wildfire of worry in our lives. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Here it is. Instead, instead you got to do something else. Instead what? Pray about what? Pray about everything. Okay? Tell God your needs. And here, and don't forget to thank Him. See, and one of the problems is most of us like to tell God about our problems and our needs. We spend a lot of time doing that, but we don't spend much time what? Thanking him that he's meeting our needs. Thanking him that he's met all our needs throughout our life, and he's going to continue to do that. Pray about everything. 
Have you ever realized when you worry that God is telling you something? Okay, when there's something you're really worried about, God's telling you something. You know what that is? You need to pray more. Yeah. Okay, now this is confession time. I got something I'm really concerned about. Okay, I'm preparing this message, and there's something I'm, I'm worrying about. So this, this is for me. This is real. I got a sneaky suspicion it might be for some of you too, okay? Have you ever realized that when you worry, God is telling you, you're not praying enough about that? Really? Just think about it. Why does God tell us that we need to pray? Because God doesn't need your prayers. You, you need your prayers. I need, his, I need to pray. He doesn't need us to pray. We need to pray. God never said, and you know, we pray sometimes thinking, okay, I've got to go, tell God about this problem. Do you know what? God has never said, oh, I didn't know that. I'm so glad you brought that up. I wasn't aware of that. We, we, we don't need to tell God what's going on. He already knows. We don't need to tell God we have a need or a problem. He knows it. <clears throat> we need to pray for other reasons, many reasons. And let's just look at four of them here. We need to pray so we'll treat God as a loving, caring, heavenly father. Jesus said that, going back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, the next verse, he says, don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. That's what the pagans do. That's, that's, that's what people who don't know me do. They worry about that. They run after these things. I'm your heavenly father. I know you need this. If you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, you have a heavenly father who promised to take care of you. So it, it's, it's really, it's like when you worry, you're acting like you're an orphan. You're acting like God is a deadbeat dad. He knows. He cares. When I was a kid, I loved Christmas. What kid doesn't? But I loved the day after Christmas. The reason is that uh, my father was from Miami. My grandparents lived there. And so the day after Christmas in Virginia, we would get in the car and start our trip to Miami. I loved it. Warm weather, beach, all kinds of cool things there, all right? And my father would schedule the trip, you know, take the time off, do all that thing. He would... He would look over the maps, didn't have GPS back then. I know you think I'm not that old, but it's true. He would look at the maps, you know. He would figure out the best route that there was to take. He would go to the bank. He would get enough cash for that. He would do all the driving. You know what? I didn't worry if he was on the right road. I never said to him, Dad, are you sure this is the right road to take? Dad, I'm a little worried that maybe you're not going to get there. I didn't worry about that, that the car would have enough gas. I didn't ever said, God, or the Dad, do, do we have gas? Do you need stuff for gas? I, I, I love to eat. I, never, I didn't ever ask him, are we going to eat on this trip? Are we going to have a place to sleep? I didn't worry about anything. Why? 
my dad had planned it. He'd prepared it. And he had it under control. And your life is a spiritual road trip. And God's already planned it. He's already provided what you need. Trust him. And if you trust God, you don't need to worry. You need to pray and thank God. Second, we need to pray to put God first. Now, that's what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 6, going back there to verses 31 to 33. This jumped out at me. Matthew 6, 31. Don't worry, Jesus said, at, at all. Don't worry at all about having enough money, uh, enough food and clothing. Your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he will give them to you if. If what? If you put him first. You see, putting God first is the best thing we can do. That's the best thing we can do, to put God first. And God is saying, listen, if you put me first, then I can take care of all these things. If you're trusting me, then I can work all these things out. He will give them to you if you put him first in your life and live as he wants you to. Why do we worry? Well, here's another reason. Because, you know, most of us, most of the time, we have a, tr we have a problem with putting God first in our life. We're, we're prone to put other things first. You know, what we can see around us, what we can feel, what we can experience, what we can touch, what we can taste. What do you really love? I mean, you, you, just lo you love doing it, love thinking about it. You know, what, what pleasure is that? You know, for some of us, it's eating. For some of us, it's hobby, some of us it's sports, some of us it's getting new stuff for the house or a new car. What, what do you really love? If I asked your friends and family, if I asked your family, what does he really love? What would they say? You, you can probably guess. For some of us, that many of us, I think, that, that'd probably be another person. It wouldn't be a pleasure. It'd be another person. It might be your family, okay? Probably would be your family. All right, what do you really love? Do you know? God knows. But let me go to the other side of that. You know what? Satan knows what you love the most. The, the, the one who wants to keep you from God, experiencing all God has for you, he knows what you love the most. And you know what? He'll tempt you every day to love them more than God, love that thing more than God, to put that pleasure first or to put that person first, you know. And, and you know, and let me just say for, for us as Christians, probably it's not so much a possession or a pleasure maybe that we love or put first. Sometimes it's persons. It can very easily be our family. You know, our spouse or our children, our grandchildren, hey, we're supposed to love them. But never make idols of them. You, you will be the best family member you can be by loving God first and foremost. Then you'll love others as you should. And see, I think the point here is that, you know, when we do put other things or other people first, that caused us to worry. 
Because then we feel like, well, I've got to take care of them. I've got to protect them. Well, God's really the only one that can protect us. There are a lot of things that happen in life. We can't protect ourselves, and we can't protect our family either. So, you know, putting someone or something or someone first, and it's going to cause us to worry because we've got to take care of that thing. We need to pray. So we put God first, and then he lines up every other thing and every other person in our life in the proper order, and he's taking care of all of it. Third, we need to pray so we'll live one day at a time. That's the next thing Jesus said in verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own, right? If you're worrying about tomorrow, you can't enjoy today. If you're worrying about tomorrow, you can't enjoy God's blessings today because your focus is on what you think you're not going to have tomorrow. Every day, God gives us another stre- enough strength for one day. He gives us our daily bread and our daily strength. But if we use up today's energy worrying about tomorrow's problems, we're not going to have enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow, he said. And the fourth one, trust God to care. And this is what it says in 1 Peter 5. Give all your worries. See, God knows we worry. <laughs> okay, Jesus said don't do, but God knows we do. Okay, Give all your worries to him. Give all your cares to God, for he cares for you. Well, how do you do that? You pray. You pray. You pray. You know, if we prayed as much as we worry, we'd have less to worry about. Right? If we prayed as much as we worried, we'd have less to worry about. Well, what happens then when we decide, okay, I'm worried. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to bring this to God. I'm going to cast this worry on God, just like First Peter says. Okay, what happens when that happens? Uh, verse 7 of chapter 4 of Philippians, you will experience God's peace. The problem won't disappear, but God's peace will rush in. And you will experience God's peace, which is more, far more wonderful than we can even comprehend and understand. That's good. That's really important for us because so many of us think, you know, hey, if God's a good God, why doesn't he just take away the problem? Well, this verse tells us. Don't worry. Pray. Don't worry. Instead, pray. Tell God, okay? And, friend, that's why God doesn't stop problems from happening to us because that's the only time he hears some of us talk to him. And he loves that so much. Just like you love to hear your children, grandchildren talk to you. God loves it so much. How many of you have ever written your congressman? One, two, three, four. Don't be embarrassed. I I was hoping. Yeah, quite a few. Okay. You've written your congressman. How many of you have signed a petition that was going to go to Congress or whatever? Okay, 
Now, if you wrote, let's let's do it. If you wrote your congressman, was it did was the reason for your writing letter to tell them what a wonderful job they were doing and to thank them? Why'd you write them? Tell them about a problem. Why do we talk to our heavenly Father? To tell him a problem. We should be telling God, thank you. God, you have met every need in my life, just like you promised. I thank you. And I trust you that you're going to continue to do that. I trust you, God. The only time most congressmen hear from constituents is about a problem. And I hope it's not true, but I'm afraid that the time when God hears us from his constituents, his children, about a problem. Oh, we should be thanking him. Don't worry. You want to douse that wildfire of worry? Pray about everything. We're going to cover the last uh, three reasons quickly here, okay? You want to douse the wildfire of worry in your life. Number two is turn your worries into prayer. You're going to get a worry. Something's going to come up. You're going to worry about it. Pray. Turn the worry into a prayer. And what happens when we do this? What God says. Verse 7, then, because you belong to Christ Jesus, he purchased you with his blood on the cross. Your sins are forgiven if you've asked him to, if you've asked him to be your Savior and your Lord. Then, because you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. Literally, God's peace will guard your heart and not let worry invade it. It will guard your mind so that this thought just doesn't keep going round and round and round. You can't get rid of it and you can't do anything about it. And that's important because you know what? Our brain never stops thinking. I know some of us are acting like we're not thinking, but your brain never stops thinking. When you go to sleep, does your brain stop thinking? No, you you dream, (laughs) all right? Ever go to bed worrying? Wake up three, four, five times, and and that that problem's just going around and around and around in your mind. You ever wake up in the morning and you're dreading that day because you're thinking about that problem? Don't you want to douse the wildfire of worry? Pray. Give it to God. And, And Satan will remind you of it, and you just give it to God again. And worry, you know what, it's, it's like the warning light in a car. It's a warning light that's telling you you need to pray. You know, the warning light comes on, you need to get an oil change. You need to check the radiator, whatever. Well, worry is a warning light to pray. Because prayer stops worry and it brings peace. We don't overcome worry with positive thinking. Uh, because we don't have the power then to solve that problem or uh, bring about the right conclusion. We solve, we overcome worry with prayer, giving it to God who can. We turn our worries into joy when we remember God's on the throne. God's going to make it right. God's at the steering wheel. He has it in his hands. 
And this is something you can thank God for. You know, we wonder why God lets some things happen. We wonder why God doesn't do this, okay? We see he's working on a plan that we just, it, we cannot comprehend. We cannot grasp the immensity of it. We can't see all that God is doing. But you know what? In eternity, no one will be able to look at God and say, God, you didn't handle that right. In heaven, we will all say, God, now I see what you were doing and what you did, and I praise you. Talking with God, what a privilege. What a privilege. It's also a responsibility. Number three, I want to douse the wildfire of worry, think God's thoughts. Finally, he says in verse 8, my friend, keep your minds on something. Keep your minds on what's true. Keep your mind on what is pure, what is right. Keep your mind on what's holy, not unholy. Keep your mind on what's friendly. Keep your mind on what's proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. We need to think God's thoughts. See, God has revealed his thoughts to us. He's told us what's true. He's told us what's pure. He's told us what's right. He told us what's to come. Think on God's thoughts. You've heard the phrase, garbage in, garbage out. Whatever we take in is going to come out. If we put garbage in our head 24-7, then we can expect garbage to come out of us. And every day you hear tons of garbage. It's not true. It's not good for you. It will make you worry. But if you fill your mind with God's thoughts from God's word, you can have peace. You can have joy. He's on the throne. He's in control. He's working it all out. Do you want to worry? A lot of people like worry. You want to worry? Watch the news. You want peace? Read the good news. And pray. And pray. And he closes in verse 9. Paul's writing to the Philippians. He loved those Christians there. He planted that church there, and he's writing to them. And he says, you know what I taught you when I was there. You know the teachings I gave you. You know what you heard me say and what? And what you saw me do. So follow my example. Then God who gives peace will be with you. See, Paul loved the Philippians. He knew they were worried. So what does Paul tell the Philippians and the Sarasotans to do? Number four, turn God's thoughts into good deeds. You see, being a Christian is not just hearing the word of God. It's doing it. Being a Christian is not just studying God's word and learning everything about it. You know, some of the most learned scholars of scripture in the world are not believers. I can't believe it, but it's true. Went to seminary, couldn't, couldn't believe the theologians and how much they did not believe about God's word. 
being a Christian is not just studying God's Word. It's doing it. It's living it. How often do we listen to a sermon or study God's Word, but we don't do anything about it? Well, that'll cause us to worry. Not doing what God has told us to do. We douse the wildfire of worry and we turn God's thoughts into deeds, into godly deeds for his honor and for his glory. We all worry. Well, at least I do. I bet some of you do too. What are we going to do? Just walk out, not do anything. I just ask God to help me to do the things that I need to do, to pray more, to pray earnestly, to trust him. To trust that he's got this situation all under his control and he's going to do exactly, he's going to do the best thing. If I did what I think should be done, it wouldn't be right. He's going to per- do the perfect thing. What's your next step? Do not worry. I'm going to pray a prayer, but I'm going to pray it slowly. And I just encourage you to pray this same prayer. I'll pray a I'll say a phrase and stop. And I just encourage you today to you say what you want to say to God in this regard. Would you do that with me? Let's bow. Dear Father, uh, I admit that I worry. I admit that I often forget that you're sovereign. And you can take care of everything. Admit, dear Father, that there are times when I'm not trusting you, I'm trusting myself. I admit, dear Father, there are times when I'm putting other things ahead of you, myself, others. God, I want you to be first in my life. I don't want to be afraid. Because, God, I know how much you love to hear your children. Forgive me, God, for not talking to you enough. Not thanking you for all you've done. Not asking for your help. Not asking for wisdom and discernment to do the right thing. asking for patience so I'm on your timetable and not mine God I thank you that you love me thank you that you sent your son to die in my place for my sin I thank you that you're on the throne You're sovereign. You work all things together for good to them that love God. There is not one injustice that you will turn into justice. You'll solve every problem. You'll do everything right. Father, 
Won't you help me to obey Jesus and do not will? In his name we pray. Amen. We always have uh, uh, men and women up here at the altar at the end of the service, and they're glad to pray with you or encourage you if, if that's uh, if that would be of help to you today. So I encourage you in that, right? Hey, let's try to be doers of the word, not hearers only, okay? Let's go out, and with God's help, do not worry. Amen? Next week, we also have communion, uh, so I hope to see you next week. God bless you. See you then.